0: Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caringba. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. What an amazing truth, huh, that the cross, has the final word that we serve. Um, Thank you, Troy. I was thinking this morning around that beautiful passage of scripture that we have. Well, first of all, welcome everyone online. It will be interesting to look back and see how my voice doesn't dub alongside the sound. That could be quite hilarious, actually, but... Good morning, everyone. It's so good to have you here. I was thinking just while we were singing that song about that beautiful scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And it's a part of scripture that we are often, particularly I think if we've been in the church for long enough, we're very familiar with. But the power of the truth of that statement in the fact that... Um, you know, God's redemptive plan was always to bring us to the knowledge of our Saviour, Jesus. That we would know the hope to which we've been called. That we would um, catch a glimpse through the person of Jesus about the character of God and his love for us and the measure that God went to so that we would experience the fullness of God's love through Jesus' death and resurrection and through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is such an amazing, beautiful scripture. And so this morning I'm going to start off, um, I was just uh, pondering about the book of Ruth, but before I get started, I think I probably need to pray. It's a tricky scripture, um, and I'm praying that I will be able to... um, bring light, I think, to to this scripture in a way that brings uh, the truth of who God is and the character of God and his love for us. So will you join me in prayer just as we start um, this morning's, um, yeah, sermon. Lord, I just want to thank you for your love for us, your love um, that is evident in this beautiful book that we have. Through your word, the Bible, we want to thank you, Lord God, for the book of Ruth and what it's teaching us at the moment. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that we would be mindful of your redemptive plan for each of us, that this wouldn't just be an ancient old story, but Lord, it would be a story that would remind us of how much you love us. And the incredible lengths you went to, that we would experience the hope, the character of who you are. Your word says that you are a God of love. And so I pray above all things, whether we are watching online or whether we are gathered in this room, that today we would experience your love anew and afresh. And I pray this in your precious name. Amen. It's a bit of an um, interesting passage of scripture. I don't know about you, but if you've had a chance to read this passage of scripture this week, it's, you know, from a, you know, someone who is um, in the Southern Shire in the 21st century. This context is a little bit strange, yeah? The book of Ruth is an interesting book to read, but one of the beautiful things I found in reading this book is actually the humanity behind it the humanity of the fact that God sees us in the midst of our brokenness and still, despite the fact that God is God and we are not, He works in and through man. He works in and through our brokenness. And so the book of Ruth invites us to consider how God might be at work in the very ordinary, mundane details of our life. And remember, you know, going back to Jess when she opened up this series, you know, Ruth was set in a very tumultuous time, in an era of Israelite history, and deals with lots of tension of both loss and pain, as well as hope and recovery. And it's a little bit like a train track, you know? There's this story of incredible loss, incredible injustice, incredible pain, And yet in the midst of this is a beautiful story of God's redemptive plan for this family as not just the story for their family, but a hope that would be for generations to come as people all over the world read the gospel and reflect on the the character of God and the God that we serve that never leaves us and never abandons us in the midst of our own uncertainty and brokenness. So the story begins with two women, as Kim's already explained this morning, experiencing an incredible amount of pain and loss. And really, it's an interesting dialogue that happens between Naomi and Ruth in the sense that Ruth, um, Naomi raises the question around, can God be trusted in the midst of this pain and suffering? in the midst of the circumstances that are beyond comprehension for most of us in our context is, is, as well to really truly understand. So there was a tension that they were experiencing between the reality of what they were experiencing in the pain and in the moment in comparison to the truth of what Naomi may have heard or experienced in regard to to the God that she served. And we know that in Scripture, Ma- Naomi was so potentially um, questioning or maybe asking who God is, she was so adamant that she even changed her name from Naomi to Mara, I meaning we know because we learn about this in the first week, the fact that Mara is called bitterness. And the, and the Mara recalls, in, in and in sorry, in Ruth one, it said, she says in Ruth one twenty, call me Mara because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. You know, I think it's a fair question that Naomi, in the midst of this situation, she had lost her son, she had lost her. Husband, she had lost her livelihood, she had lost her land, she had lost her identity, and in the midst of an ancient culture, a female was also incredibly vulnerable. Her very own security and the security of Ruth was at risk. It was a very true situation that in in an ancient culture, they didn't have the same sort of legal structures that we would experience here, and they didn't have the same sort of infrastructure that we would have here that protects women and vulnerable women from the harms of other people. And so they were in a situation where they were incredibly vulnerable. And so I think it's fair game, really, for Naomi to say, where is God in the midst of this situation? At the moment, I'm not really feeling the blessings of God. In fact, I'm so confused right now, I'm going to change my name and it means bitter because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. And I'm fascinated by the different roles the different characters played in the midst of this story. The story of Ruth, incredible story of the faithfulness and loyalty of her daughter-in-law to walk with her in the midst of this pain. And it's interesting to me that in the midst of this story and the characters, that their brokenness and their humanity is so real. But for me, it brings a sense of encouragement. For me, it brings a sense of the fact that we don't always have to have our lives perfectly in order in the midst of struggles and storms, that God is okay with the questions. And we can see that in the, in the Psalms where we are given a glimpse at the way that David, amongst other people, cried out to God in the midst of his pain. But the amazing thing in this story and the reminder for us is that the beautiful way that God didn't abandon Naomi, in the midst of her struggle and pain, even though she felt like he had. Because Ruth, in her loyalty, in her choice, in her faithfulness, chose to walk alongside Naomi for the long haul. I wonder whether Ruth, at different moments in this story, remembering what she herself had sacrificed in the midst of her own security, her own vulnerability, chose to do the hard yards with Naomi and to walk the journey with her to healing. And it's a reminder to me that I think, as a community, we are never meant to walk our tragedy and our our suffering alone. That there is a reason why we walk alongside one another because it's the way that God has wired us. It's the way we uniquely are being created, I believe, that when we walk through times of uncertainty, that we have people who bring words of hope, words of affirmation, who pray for us, and who bring a sense of redemption and reminder that God has not abandoned us, that God is faithful to his word, even when the circumstances around it don't necessarily testify to that in that moment. So we have to understand, when we read this passage of Scripture, which is an interesting passage of Scripture, where Naomi, they've gone back to Bethlehem, and Naomi's given Ruth this instruction, you know, go lie at the the feet of Boaz. He was an older man. But we have to understand the social construct of the day was actually, in order to protect the poor and vulnerable, families were organised in clans and clusters. And they did this so that they could be protected in the midst of their enemies, where females particularly would be very vulnerable. And so there was a structure that was set up within their existing clans so that they could live together in a village. And there was a hierarchical structure of which Boaz was um, in a... In, in a very, I suppose, an elder uh, role within that village and within that clan. So if the household was in trouble, it was the responsibility of the whole clan and then the whole village to help. That was the way, historically, it was organised. And so if you read the text in that light... The fact that Naomi, Naomi had given instruction for Ruth to, to sit at the end of the bed was really culturally a relevant way of her symbolizing the fact that she was saying or honoring Boaz as the um, as the redeemer, as the one that held the authority within that clan to be able to redeem Naomi and Ruth as the redeemer or as the elder of that particular clan. And the interesting thing um, that Naomi knew, obviously, because she was part of that culture, was that she had to go through Boaz in order to appeal to a higher authority in order to, uh, for her to have her rights restored. And so as a female, she would have had no rights whatsoever, despite the fact that we read in Scripture that after they abandoned their land and went to another country before her sons and her husband was murdered, they had property in in Bethlehem. She would have had no rights to that property at all. So this as well was very instrumental in not just returning, not just the safety network of the clan working together to care for the poor, the widow, and the vulnerable, which is right throughout the whole of Scripture. It was also Boaz being the redeemer of of Naomi's rights and restoring the property of what she was owned in and through that tribal way of operating In Old Testament culture, it's interesting um, that this act of Ruth actually positioned her and Naomi under the protection of of Boaz. So, when we read that, you would gather, you would have an understanding that Boaz is the redeemer. And in Middle East, the value around society, land and all and, and children were all restored throughout the story of Ruth, if we keep moving along, and we'll look at this next week that everything was restored back to Naomi. Isn't it amazing to think that the character of God is at work in the midst of all of us? The character of God, the redeemer the one that is in the midst of this situation, in the midst of this confusion, in the midst of this culture, in the midst of this mess, bringing healing, bringing restoration, bringing a great sense that, um, of restoring all that was lost to Naomi in this tragic story and to Ruth as a result of the, the obedience of Ruth in this situation. It's a story where God made a way where there was no way. It's a story where God worked in and through the poor, the marginalised and the broken. He worked in and through the faithfulness of Boaz and Ruth in order to bring that reconciliation and that healing. And it's a reminder for us too that God still works in the midst of brokenness through faithfulness and faithful people who act in kindness, that God, in and of in, in the way that He has designed us to be in community, works in and through our faithfulness, our kindness, our brokenness, in order to bring his redemptive plans to fruition. That all of us are invited into this grand story that God is writing in and through our lives to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to be part of the redemptive plan that we've all been invited into. And, of course, the most amazing thing is that the redemptive plan that we have been invited into is through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What incredible hope we carry as God's children in the midst of this world... And the sad reality is, is that in the midst of this world that we see now, and you don't have to go very far before, sadly, you see a great sense of loss and pain in the midst of this world. You don't have to go far with conversations where people ask the question, where is God in this? But God has given us a voice, a redemptive voice through the power of the Holy Spirit and through Jesus at work in our lives that we would be carriers of hope, that we would be voices of healing and restoration for other people, that we would bring restorative healing in the sense of standing up for those who don't have a voice, that we would be the ones that bring hope to the widow, to those who are broken, to those who don't have hope in the midst of the challenges that they're experiencing. And as I was praying through this scripture, I was also reminded of the longevity of Ruth's role. That Naomi's story, I would imagine, in the midst of the trauma and the pain she was experiencing as a result of all of this, was not necessarily a quick fix. There was an ongoing commitment that Ruth had to Naomi, not just a one-off commitment, but a long-term commitment that they would work this through and they would come through, um, that that Ruth would come alongside Naomi in her faithfulness, her loyalty, and she would serve Naomi's God and in doing so, be part of the restoration process. And I thought for all of us, you know, those times when we go through a sense of uncertainty in our own lives, the role that we play in other people's lives. And sometimes it's the longevity of how we play that role in other people's lives. It's the acts of kindness. It's the continuing trusting and believing that God is working out redemptive plans in and through people's suffering. The other thing within the church I think is really important and is beautiful in this story is the fact that lament is okay. God understands that we are broken and that we have our own humanity to deal with and that questions are okay and that lament is a part of understanding and a part of healing and grief is a part of healing as well. God works through all of it and in it and through it to bring his redemptive purposes and plans to fruition. And our journey, the journey and the privilege that we have to walk alongside people in the midst of their grief and pain is an incredible privilege. But it also comes with a cost, yeah? Sadly, this week I received um, a phone call. Sorry, I shouldn't have got... And I wasn't going to share this because I knew I'd cry. But there was some tragedy that happened this week. And I remember um, on Thursday I had a call from one of my friends. And they're like, I just need to hear voice. Can you come around now? So I went round, And to sit with people in their rawest moment and in their moment of grief is the greatest privilege and the greatest cost, I think, that we have because it's the way we're created to carry each other's pain and to walk alongside each other and their hopes and their joys and their celebration, all of that. But I want to encourage you today that God is using you in the midst of all situations to bring hope, even when you don't always feel like it. Because sometimes I think you don't see what God's doing sometimes in the midst of pain. And you don't really sometimes always feel like you're doing much at all. But you know, sometimes just being there is enough. And sometimes reminding people that they're so loved is enough. Sometimes a word of kindness is enough. Sometimes giving is enough. Because we serve a God of the impossible. And he takes what's in our hands and he multiplies it. It's in scripture. It's what God does. He takes our obedience. He takes our loyalty. He takes our brokenness. He takes our muddled conversation sometimes, which is kind of something I'm good at, and he takes it and he multiplies it and he brings healing. And he brings healing through you and he brings healing through me. And it doesn't take a hierarchy or a senior pastor like me to bring a transformational change across this community. It takes all of us working together to see the redemptive plans of God at work in people's lives. Ordinary people like you and I just being obedient, loving people in their brokenness and loving them to healing. That's the story of Ruth to me. You know, we honor um, Ruth's character, but what's amazing to me in this scripture is he got drunk, for goodness sakes. He was just human like the rest of us. And yet God was still, I'm not advocating getting drunk by any means, but he was still advocating and and, and in the midst of his own brokenness and frailty, he was still working out God's redemptive plan. And so I want to leave you with this story today. And it's a story from Open Doors and it's a hard story, but for me it's also a story of incredible joy and hope. Because I always think it's like a trail, a railway track. Because this week for me was really tough, as you can see, a blubbering mess again. But there's the joy and the sorrow and the tracks are the same. What an amazing moment of me to experience that moment of healing and joy for, and, and being there in someone's pain. So I'm going to play this video and I want you to... As you read this and look at the way God has uniquely placed us together as a church, as a community of people to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring restoration for the widow, for the orphan, and for those in our community who need um, hope and a redemptive plan. And we have the hope of Jesus And Jesus works in and through community in order to bring healing. And I hope it encourages you. So be blessed. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.